2: It's the most wonderful time in eight years. Yet some kids are protesting while Trump fans investing their time with good cheer. Sing, it's the most wonderful time in eight years.
3: Welcome to another edition of Unite IE Radio. And by the time you hear this broadcast, we will be at T plus one. Trump plus one day into a new era and and the opportunity to make America great again. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined with my co-host Don Dix, the leader of Act for America in Corona. And uh, we're doing this broadcast before the uh, actual inauguration. We're recording here on Thursday. So I understand the schedule is that uh, Donald Trump will be actually sworn in at 12 o'clock Eastern Time, 9 o'clock our time. Uh, The ceremonial throwing of the first brick, I think, is slated for 8 a.m. our time. The ceremonial throwing of the first brick. Tell us about that. Well, have you've been following the news, is that these uh, far-left protesters funded by various George Soros organizations are preparing and planning to disrupt the inauguration by blocking access to uh, the, the transit facilities, to blocking the security lines. To, uh, there's even there's a James O'Keith video of they were planning to throw stink bombs into, into the ventilation at one of the, the balls that evening. So we'll see how much of that uh, actually comes to pass and what the... How law enforcement treats that, because we've seen in some cases where the Trump protesters come out, the anti-Trump protesters come out and the police say, fine, protest, but they uh, take a firm line on any violation on violence and, uh, and vandalism. And there's in mean, other cities, most uh, egregiously San Jose, where the police just stood back and allowed the anti-Trump violence to take place. And we'll see what happens in D.C., yeah, you know, the one thing that is so great about
1: a Trump victory and presidency thus far has been the outright outing, I was searching for the right word, of the media, of the left, of their tactics, of their narrative. Everything, and the Democrats, everything that is... Uh, that we have been talking about regarding the media, regarding the Democrats, regarding their connections to uh, ideologies that are subversive to, you know, what makes America great, be it whether it's Marxism, socialism, communism, all the stuff that we've had, the guests that we've had on the Unite IU radio show from Trevor Loudon to others who have documented this. It's on full display. And there's a great article on Mediaite that's, with the title of, now that Donald Trump will be president, dissent is once again patriotic. That's wonderful. It, it, it's true. Dissent and protest during Obama's presidency were the result of expressions of racism. It was racist to dissent against Barack Obama, to argue against his policies. It was It was all racist. But now that we have Donald Trump as a president dissent is now patriotic again everybody that is railing against a Trump victory
3: are being viewed as patri- modern day patriots absolutely and you'll, you'll see the same thing in the media where they were uh, sycophantic in their adulation of the Obama administration and now they're going to uh, not just actually they more than just adopt a proper questioning and skeptical view of anyone in office but it's the, the campaign is continuing with the media, but they're, they're going to be vehemently anti-Trump and more so than in in, is justified, in my opinion, but also Congress. The Democrats in Congress for the last eight years were just happy to see the administration take away Congress's power and prerogatives, where in times past, even when the Congress was of the same party of, as the president— the members of Congress were very jealous about keeping their power and prerogatives and ability to control what happens in the government. But in the last eight years, the Democrats couldn't give away their power fast enough to Obama.
1: Yeah, and and you know, as a part and partial to this, can you imagine CNN right before? Uh, I think it was Thursday uh, before the inauguration had an article, and it's I mean a, a headline on their website. Uh, If Trump is killed during the inauguration, Obama appointee would be president, speculating about what if if Trump were assassinated, what Um, what would happen?
3: What would be the uh, the the succession of power? Imagine the reaction if Fox News had run the same exactly same headline, just placing Obama instead of instead of Trump. Right. Back in 2009.
1: That whole, you know, all the what ifs. You had, uh, for instance, um, you know, one of the things that happened this week that a president, you know, during their final week, typically they ramp up on their sentence commutations of criminals, on their outright pardons of individuals, you know, which basically removes any criminal record uh, of them regarding their uh, their their uh, what they were indicted for or convicted of and you had this this debate between Richard Fowler and the gentleman that heads up the Federalist which is a a a blog and the topic was the uh uh commutation of this Puerto Rican terrorist who has been in prison who who could not get commuted during uh Bill Clinton's uh presidency because he refused to disavow his terrorist ways um and you had Richard Fowler comparing this Puerto Rican terrorist FALN, I think, is the abbreviation to liberation uh, terrorist movement to you know, for Puerto Ricans' independence. I guess away right. from the United States.
3: Although considering Puerto Rico's uh, financial condition, maybe we should give them what they want. Exactly right. But but here you've got Richard Fowler, who's a who's a
1: contributor to Fox News, comparing this blatant, unrepentant terrorist. To the founding fathers saying that, you know, that wasn't the original Tea Party an expression of terrorism similar to what this Puerto Rican did. And, you know, so it's, it, it's just it it bends the mind how far leftists are willing to bend the curve on rational, logical thinking in order to make the point America bad, uh, Donald Trump bad, Um you know, this this progressive
3: leftist thinking that... Is- Anything anti-American, they reflexively right. support. And that's basically the point that Evan Sayet has made, is whatever the r- wrong side of it is, that's the side that the liberals are going to be on. Exactly. And we'll, we'll talk about this later. This also ties into... This is happening in our schools and in our textbooks, is where they are teaching anti-American history. They are comparing the, the Viet Cong communists to our founding fathers. Yeah.
1: It's like everybody that rails against everybody that uh, that speaks truth to power is a freedom fighter. You know, that's that's the thing about this whole, you know, normalizing of relationships Except with the actual Cuba. freedom fighters. Right. <laughs> you know, so so Shay Rivera, you know, the guy that that gets emblazoned on leftist t-shirts He's a freedom fighter. There's no
3: acknowledgement about you know the tactics or exactly what they did. And he was an assassin and mass murderer for the Castro regime, killing right. tens of thousands of of innocent people just because to, to, to suppress them and to install the communist dictatorship in Cuba. Just like just like the founding fathers did. I mean, there's no difference between the
1: founding fathers and Che Guevara and a Puerto Rican terrorist. These guys are
3: nutcases. Right now, but this does illustrate something, and there was a great meme that I read, and it was unattributed. So I don't know who originally wrote this. The job before us is not to clean up the mess that Obama created. It is to clean up the mess that created Obama. That
1: is such a beautiful saying, and I think that that I want to let that sink into our audience as we take a quick break. And uh, we'll be right back with more about what unfolded this week between the confirmation hearings, what we can expect out of Trump for the first hundred days,
3: the implosion of the Democratic Party, so much to get to. Time for a message from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, residential and commercial. More with Donald Trump and the left and the Democrats and who knows what after this message.
2: Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know, Ed, he's a good guy who'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy a refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com.
0: AM 590, The Answer.
2: This is Assemblywoman Melissa
4: Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer.
1: Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office in the country, that of private citizen. Which, according to my calculations, Greg, would be everybody who's listening to this radio show right now, right? Yep. So, yeah, if if you're not involved somehow, uh, we need your help. Because California, as much as we are reveling in everything that's Mm. great, that's unfolding in this country right now, uh, in terms of... The transition of power peacefully, uh, finally, maybe getting some things done. As much as we're railing about that, we're behind the re- the uh, the blue curtain here in California, and I've got a new name for Sacramento. What's that? I can't exactly take credit for it. I have to give credit to our uh, compatriot here on AM five ninety. The rate, uh, uh, the answer uh, that would be Phil Naiman, who you know, does the firing line show. But we were talking. He said, "I got a new name for Sacramento.
3: From this point forward, we're going to call it Excremento." Okay, <laughs> we we will we'll let Phil have the uh, the copyright and trademark on that one. Where the excrement flows in Calif from in California. But it's it's not just in California where we have to be involved. It's the entire country. The easiest part of making America great again was Donald Trump getting the nomination. The second easiest or the second hardest was winning the election, and we barely did that. The hardest phase is actually doing it. Over the determined opposition of the establishment of the Democrat Party, of large segments of the Republican Party, big corporations, foundations, the mainstream media, colleges, universities, foundations, and so on and so on. The entire establishment that liked things the way they were going, the way they were going, that liked open borders for, for trade and for people, notwithstanding the effects on American workers and so on and so on. And we're going to need to have Donald Trump's back. We're going to, because Donald Trump can't do it by himself. Only we collectively, his movement that he talks about, can make America great again.
1: One of the lead stories on Yahoo during the week was the, it was titled, uh, Migrants race to reach the U.S. as Trump takes over, hoping to get across the border before Trump presidency and the proverbial wall goes up. Now, obviously, this wall is not going to be erected in a day.
3: No, but what we'll, will change, I think, from day one, is Obama has effectively told the Border Patrol to stand down. That's right. That if you come across, you all you, they ask you, you have relatives family in the united states the answer is yes they let you go on in that's going to stop that's going to stop from the get-go and and he's i think he's going to instruct the border patrol and the immigration and Customs service to resume enforcing america's immigration law so that can happen right from the get-go
1: right And, and and part and parcel to all this is the impression that our lax border security and this this quote-unquote welcoming that the Obama administration has been advocating, the way that that's perceived in these countries that are south of our border, it's like a welcome mat. All they believe is that they got to get across
3: the border and, you know, they've reached the promised land. Right. The the illegal immigrants call the slips that they're given by the Border Patrol, though they don't do that anymore, is here's your notice to appear in immigration court. They call those permisos, as in permission to be in the country, and it effectively is because they don't show up for the hearings, and they're effectively, they're in the country, and there's no one trying to send them back to their home countries. So what do they do? They call or email back to their home countries and their friends and family there saying, it worked! Right, I'm here! Yeah, come on up. And as
1: soon as they get here, these anchor kids, this is parents sending all these kids up as soon as the anchor kids get here, if you will, then it's like, oh, well, the parents need to come up so that they can take care of them. There's a companion story uh, in the L.A. Times uh, titled, as soon as he's inaugurated, Trump will move to clamp down on immigration, which includes your point about just just getting the Border Patrol to start doing their job is going to be an effective
3: deterrent. Um, and they want to do their job they've just they've been prevented right. from doing that by the Obama administration,
1: yeah, now you took a particular issue with a uh, statement by Paul Ryan during a town hall meeting and uh, wanted to include that in our immigration discussion because of course, this is the issue that got Donald Trump launched. On his political career. It wasn't soon after he came down those escalator steps before Ann Coulter glommed onto him because, of course, she had just come out with her book, Adios America, about illegal immigration. And so she just latched onto this, you know, Donald Trump's uh, inaugural issue, if you will, of his campaign was immigration. And, I, and the famous. Segment of her on Bill Maher. I, right. I, I can see it in my brain. I've watched it so many times where Bill Maher is saying, you know, who who do you think of, of this, you know, jungle primary is going to be president? She says Donald Trump
3: and the look on Bill Maher's face and the reaction and the from panel, the audience. I mean, I mean there, was, there was hysterical laughter and disbelief. Uh, and what, 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 the question that Mar asked her was, "Which Republican has the best chance of winning the general election and she and confidently she says, "Donald Trump, yep, hysterical laughter, looks of disbelief, and that's just the, that's, we've seen many examples of that of the media and pundits talking about he, he didn't have a chance, and they were just laughing at him, although they're not laughing anymore no. And they've had to confirm
1: his cabinet, which we're going to talk about later in the upcoming show. But let's listen to this audio real quick.
4: Do you think that I should be deported in many of families in my situation? No, should, no, Hallika, no. no, First of all, I, I can see that you love your daughter and you, you, you're a nice person who has a great future ahead of you. And I hope your future is here. Um, I'll even repeat the sentiment that our incoming president says. That's the problem he wants to focus on. This is not the focus. And so, what we have to do is find a way to make sure that you can get right with the law, and we've got to do this in a a good way so that the rug doesn't get pulled out from under you and your family gets separated. That's the way we feel, and that is exactly what our new incoming president has stated he wants to do. Look, I got married in Oklahoma City. It's it's a great community. It's where my my wife's from that area, and and I'm I'm sure you're a great contributor to that community, and we don't want to see you get separated from your family. So we have to figure out how to fix this but to do that people need to have confidence that our laws are being followed and that we actually know who's coming and going and that we actually have a secure border so I think what's really important for this issue writ large to get fixed and Jake mentioned that you know I have a background in this we've got to make sure that these laws are being enforced that we are controlling our border so violent criminals repeat offenders don't come in and do these kinds of horrific things we've got a drug problem we've got a lot of problems we want to be able to secure our border when people get confidence in this country that our border is secured that our laws are being enforced then I really believe the country all people in the country will be in a much better position to fix these thornier bigger problems but if you're worried about, you know, some deportation, you know, force coming on, knocking on your door this year. Don't worry about that. So let me ask you a question. For those who don't know, DACA is deferred action for childhood arrival. It's an executive action that President Obama took, granting uh, legal status uh, for individuals like Angelica. Um, if President-elect Trump wants to undo DACA, you would tell him, don't do it. Well, I think we have to come up with a solution for the DACA kids, and that's something we in Congress and the Trump transition team are working on. Is what's a good humane solution?
3: that is wrong on so many levels and after our next break uh, message from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation we're going to we'll delve into why that is wrong on so many levels this is a word from Ed Hoffman Wholesale Capital Corporation the place to go for your real estate lending needs more on immigration and the rule of law after this message
5: hi this is Ed Hoffman president of Wholesale Capital Corporation your local direct mortgage lender We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Reno Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you, and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event. Saturday, 9 30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. And again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by California DRE Broker License number 01147747 and California financiers Lenders License number 603K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603K610 and MLS 9873.
0: AM 590,
3: The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. As Ann Coulter said, immigration is the most important issue because it determines all other issues. And at the end of our last segment, we had a clip from Paul Ryan at a uh, CNN town hall where, of course, they, uh, they bring an illegal immigrant the most sympathetic one they can find to try to push the cause of illegal immigration. They, of course, they don't bring in somebody like Agnes Gibney, uh, whose son was murdered by an illegal immigrant who had been deported and came back anyway. So they CNN is not going to bring somebody like that in. They're only going to bring in this woman who was brought here at 11 years old, is now 30ish, has a family, and that's the cause of illegal immigration. But was what struck me uh, things about Paul Ryan is. His entire focus of his comments toward this woman was what was good for her what was good for illegal immigrants there was not a scintilla of consideration given in his answer to well what's good for America because it's not just the individual case of a sympathetic person there are lots of people around the world who would be good additions to the country there are probably hundreds of millions if not billions of people that would make good Americans if they want and would, would like to come here but we have to set limits. We have to have immigration laws. We have to enforce those laws. And, you know, whether you do something for someone like that, but he says, you know, he wants to amnesty her in, but, oh, we don't want to break up families. So he would amnesty in not only this woman, but her entire family would get amnestied in as well.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the media reacts to Donald Trump going forward on the issues that he made uh, his hallmark issues of his campaign, immigration being one of them, the L.A. Times article I reference says in the second paragraph, gone will be the temporary protections of the final Obama years for people in the country illegally in their place. Expect to see images on the evening news of workplace raids as Trump sends a message that he is wasting no time on his promised crackdown. Fear mongering. That's, you know, that's exactly what this uh, what what these folks on the left are doing is they are fear mongering these people. I think a strong uh, position uh, on the border and on immigration is going to cause people to self deport at rates that I don't I, I don't even think that the media has,
3: you know, thought about. Well, the people that deserve primary consideration in the immigration laws are American workers and American taxpayers. Do the laws of supply and demand apply to the labor market? The answer is of course they do. So the more unskilled workers they bring in, that not only takes jobs from Americans, it drives down the wages of other Americans, particularly low skill Americans. Which has been which is why you see the
1: impact in the urban areas, particularly in communities of color. Those are the communities that have been impacted. And we have a clip coming up from somebody, a civil rights activist, believe it or not, who is who is opposed to, you know, this current, you know, open border uh, position, because what it does is it disenfranchises those Americans, reduces their work opportunities and creates a market that uh, drives down wages uh, keeps young folks from being able to get jobs, particularly in these poor uh, neighborhoods, urban neighborhoods, mostly communities of color. They're the ones that are impacted the most. We've seen we've seen unemployment among black youth yeah. double under President Obama.
3: Yeah, it's interesting that the same people that want to command higher wages with a higher minimum wage, regardless of the market, are the same people that want to flood the market with Millions of illegal immigrants and legal immigrants, low skill, to drive down the wages of the people they say that they want to help. Samuel Gompers, the founder of the American Federation of Labor, a great early American labor leader, said that the those who favor unrestricted immigration care nothing for the people. Well,
1: exactly, and 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 you even heard civil rights uh, activists and immigration, I'm sorry, labor activists. You know, as late as the 70s and 80s, it said the same thing. And it's only been in the last 20 years that that's all changed. All right. Confirmation hearings, first 100 days, so much to cover uh, of, the, of this week gone by. We will talk about that and more when we return after the break here on Unite IE Radio on AM 590, The Answer. Well, the peaceful transition of power culminated Friday in the inauguration of Donald Trump, and we're saying that on Thursday, hoping that events unfold without, you know, with without any uh, events, if you will, uh, as planned, that things unfold as planned. Uh, No uh, severe protests that get in the way of the inauguration and that things go as planned. But uh, we will, of course, uh, know that. But, uh, But there was plenty to talk about. This week regarding uh, things of this transition of power, like the confirmation hearings, uh, people reflecting on this transition period and then the first hundred days. I think the confirmation hearings have been absolutely stunning in several regards. First of all, we've gotten to see the left's agenda Uh, Laid bare between questions uh, of military potential military cabinet positions on global warming and climate change to if we're going to continue the socialization of the military with the LGBTQ agenda. Um, to absolute to, to a couple moments of humor, there was one very light moment during the week when Rick Perry was sitting for his confirmation hearing. Of course, Rick Perry has uh, been nominated for a cabinet position that he forgot about. Secretary of Energy. Yeah, during that famous now, now moment. Now he remembers. Yeah, that famous moment during the uh, uh, debates where he
3: f- said, there's three departments I want to uh, completely get rid of. And anyway, he, was, he was on medication, for pain medication, because he had back surgery. Okay. And so that, 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 probably, that may have affected him. If he had gotten that answer right, he hadn't made that big screw-up, would he have gotten the nomination in 2012? Because he has, he has a great record in Texas of economic growth, right. restraining government. So he, has, he has a great fiscal and economic record in Texas. And would he, would he have gotten, absent that screw-up, very public screw-up, Would he have gotten the nomination in 2012? And would he have been better able to take the battle to Barack Obama in 2012? Well, Rick Perry, Governor Perry, bless his heart. He was one of the guests
1: we had here at the Unite IE Conservative Conference. Has a very good sense of humor. As you might recall, when we introduced him, uh, we wore Rick Perry glasses, and he came out, and he, was, he, 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 he loved it. He's got a great sense of humor, very neat guy. And that sense of humor was on display this week during the confirmation hearings when uh, uh, he... Unintentionally. Unintentionally, when he started getting questioned uh, by Al Franken. We've got a little clip of that audio for you.
5: Senator Franken.
1: G- Governor, um, Senator, thank you so
0: much for coming into my office. Um, did you enjoy meeting me?
1: I, uh, I hope you were as much fun on that dais as you were on your couch. Uh, well, <laughs> may, may I rephrase that, sir?
0: Please, please. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Well, I think we found our Saturday night live soundbite. Let's move on. One of the uh, fun things on the couch was when you said uh, that the shale energy boom.
1: And the conversation went got back to business after that, but this was a moment of levity where you really saw, you know, both sides of the
3: aisle just sort of embrace this. Uh, Every the- once in a while, you say something that uh, you don't fully think through what you're right. saying and and what and what the meaning of. What you're saying you have one meaning in mind but the audience interprets it another way and of course what doesn't come across on
1: the video is the visual reaction on the part of both Governor Perry and Al Franken uh, it was great and of course you know Marcus Luttrell who has been a a figure in Rick Perry's life uh ever since you know they uh Marcus Luttrell came back went through a lot of his Challenges reintegrating into society after a you know a very storied. He was career. the lone
3: survivor of the exactly. movie and the book, the lone survivor of uh, one man of a four man SEAL team that uh, managed to escape after they were cornered by vast numbers of Taliban right. fighters in Afghanistan. Yeah, and uh, so he could he could be seen sitting over the uh, as you look at the as you look
1: at the TV screen over the right shoulder actually uh, over the left shoulder actually the right shoulder of Rick Perry, but. You know, so so Rick, you know Marcus Luttrell has been a a, a confidant. I, other way around, you know Marcus Luttrell looks at Governor Perry almost like a father figure. They've they've become very close over the years. So he was there at the hearing, but um, a lot of serious stuff uh, at the hearing. Uh, one of which unfolded with uh, Jeff Sessions, uh, and during this uh, uh, contentious uh hearing about Jeff Sessions background, his uh the left tried to link him very closely to uh statements that he made, almost, you know, calling him a racist, uh saying that you know, questioning whether or not um Jeff Sessions would be uh honor the rule of law, which is kind of a laugh because as
3: Ted Cruz pointed out Right. And we, I think we have a clip of that.
1: Yeah, let's listen to Ted Cruz speaking up on behalf of Jeff Sessions for the position of Attorney General.
6: You know, this has been an interesting day at this hearing, listening to Democratic senator after Democratic senator give speeches in praise of the rule of law. Uh, and I am heartened by that. I am encouraged by that. Because for eight years, it's been absent. For eight years, we've seen a Department of Justice consistently disregarding the rule of law. When Eric Holder's Department of Justice allowed illegal gun transactions, illegally sold guns to Mexican gun traffickers, as part of Fast and Furious, guns that were later used to murder Border Patrol agent Brian Terry, the Democratic members of this committee were silent. When Eric Holder was found in contempt of Congress, for refusing to cooperate with Congress's investigation into Fast and Furious, once again, the Democratic members of this committee were silent. When the IRS illegally targeted United States citizens for exercising the First Amendment views, for exercising their their roles in the political process, Democratic members of this committee were silent. When the Department of Justice refused to fairly investigate the IRS targeting citizens and indeed assigned the investigation to a liberal partisan Democrat who had given over $6,000 to President Obama and Democrats, Democrats on this committee were silent. When numerous members of this committee called on the attorney general to appoint a special prosecutor to ensure that justice was done in the IRS case, Democrats on this committee were silent. Department of Justice used Operation Chokepoint to target legal businesses because they disagreed politically with those businesses. The Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Obama Justice Department sent millions of dollars of taxpayer monies to sanctuary cities that were defying federal immigration law, the Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Obama administration refused to enforce federal immigration laws and unilaterally rewrote those laws, the Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Obama administration released tens of thousands of criminal illegal aliens, including rapists and murderers, into the general population, Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Department of Justice signed off on the Obama administration paying a nearly $2 billion ransom to Iran, contrary to federal law, the Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Obama administration ignored and rewrote Provision after provision of Obamacare, contrary to the text of the law, the Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Obama administration signed off on illegal recess appointments that the Supreme Court had to strike down unanimously, the Democrats on this committee were silent.
3: And that is one of the reasons why I was so happy to vote for Donald Trump is, as a lawyer, I appreciate the rule of law and I understand the importance in a constitutional republic of the rule of law, as opposed to the rule of men, which you do what you want to. You favor your friends. And there's not a rule of law. And that affects every part of the country and the governance and the economy when it's in this crony system, as opposed to a rule of law system. And Jeff Sessions is going to restore it. And I think Ted Cruz pointed out the Democrats' record on the rule of law and the Obama Injustice Department. And I'm... I mean that was a great soliloquy, and was uh, and it. There's no answer to it because every example that Ted Cruz gave was spot on, accurate. I will be completely happy with a Jeff Sessions Attorney
1: Generalship if Ted, if he opens up the files for the Holy Land Foundation trial and goes after all of the unindicted co-conspirators that the Obama Justice Department sealed, effectively
3: sealed up. Uh, by Eric Holder, and there's, there was one other aspect that we didn't, we didn't wasn't included in the clip. When Ted Cruz was talking, he says we're, it'd be tempting to go tit for tat with the Democrats. Okay, we'll uh, we'll ignore the rule of law right. and implementing our agenda, but we're not going to do that. And, and and I would be opposed to that. I know that you, Jeff Sessions, are opposed to that, and that's true because it, the importance of our Constitution and our rule of law. And being a government of laws, not a man, transcends victory on any particular political issue. The Democrats don't think so, as evidenced by the record that uh, Ted Cruz cited. Yep. Well, so much more to talk about. That was uh,
1: some thoughts on confirmation hearings. We'll have more coming up as we continue on the Unite IU radio
3: show after this break. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll.
5: Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590,
0: The Answer.
2: This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The
3: Answer. Well, welcome back to Unite IE Radio. In terms of how we're going about to cleaning up the mess that created Obama, education is a, is a key element of that. George Orwell said that he who controls the past controls the future. He who controls the present controls the past. And that is what the Democrats and the educational establishment is doing right now. They're using their control of the present to control the past.
1: Indeed, they are. And this applies to equally, I think, to primary education being K through 12 and to, you know, secondary education, which, of course, is, you know, two year and four year college. You look at the textbooks that have been used throughout both of those institutions. One of the key textbooks that is used in college is this textbook by Howard Zinn that effectively takes the founding of this country. And turns it on its head in terms of who the founding fathers were, what they accomplished, all the way through, you know, l- late history. This Howard Zinn is a progressive, and he mischaracterizes the founding of this country and what the intent of the founders were. It grossly misrepresents it all the way to, you know, what we see in our uh, education, in our in our primary education, K through twelve, mostly. What, like fourth, fifth grade through twelfth grade, the history of America, uh, world history, many different aspects of uh, world history, uh, you know, even uh, the history of Islam misrepresented, mischaracterized, filled with progressive ideology.
3: Right, and uh, we had two weeks ago, was it that? Two weeks ago, we had Lieutenant Colonel Roy White with uh, Truth in Textbooks and how his volunteers in Texas got more truth into the textbooks there, and California is going to be coming up with new textbooks, and Roy White and his organization and some of our people are going to be trying to work on doing the same thing here of getting the truth into textbooks, Yeah, and
1: it started out with something called the California Framework, which was open for revision up through the beginning of this year. And the people that viewed that and commented on that said it was one of the most progressive, uh, disingenuous uh, frameworks for education about history that they had ever viewed. So the the, the leftists continue to push the envelope on what – History is taught and how it's taught and the
3: agenda that is embedded in this history and taking away any sense of American exceptionalism that America's been a right. good country and has done enormous has been enor- done an enormous good For the world and and you look at what's happened in the world of 1776 to the world of now and the progress that has happened the, the freedom that Rush Limbaugh describes this the best of anyone I've ever heard in describing American exceptionalism it's not that Americans are just genetically better than anyone else. It's not that God loves Americans more than he loves anyone else. It's that the exception throughout history was, the rule throughout history was, maybe there's a, a, a God on top, then it was the government, the emperor, the the, the, uh, the Shah, the pharaoh, whatever it is, and then the people below that. And what was, what was the exception of human history was, the American way was, God on top then the people and then the government below that and that exception and the opportunity of people to live out their lives and and pursue happiness as they think best is what made America exceptional
1: right and the, and the fact that got, where do rights come from do they come from God or do they come from government
3: right we understand and the whole american experience was based on your rights are endowed by your creator that's a key difference right and that was that's the, that was in the declaration of independence and that really is the why of america but that's not what they're teaching they're teaching america has been a fundamentally bad racist country from the get go so there's nothing special there's nothing worth protecting there's nothing worth preserving in america because there's, there's nothing great about it so what we're doing, and in, and in, in the reason why we included
1: that in this segment is that uh, beginning in uh, February, we're going to be training people to evaluate these textbooks and comment on them because this is an open period for comment as the publishers take the framework that was created Earlier in the year, and convert that over into the textbooks that will be used in California to teach, uh, you know, anywhere from middle schoolers to high schoolers. And the uh, email, if you're interested, you can email Roy at TXT. I guess TNT. Is it TNT? That's right. Truth in te- in textbooks. TNT at ActForAmerica.org. And four
3: is spelled out, F-O-R. Right. And you can also learn more at truthintextbooks.org. Absolutely. Very important because, like Greg said,
1: I do believe, although we, we differ... Greg says the culture is the big problem in America. I believe that education they both are is the is the root cause ground zero for everything that is you know going wrong in America, taking America off the rails because if you don't have if kids graduate from school. Uh, high school and or college and don't understand what it is about America that's worth preserving, worth fighting for. We end up with what's happening on college campuses right now. All of these snowflakes and anarchists that will protest, you know, shut down other people's rights, saying Donald Trump is a fascist and Act like fascists in shutting down other people's right to free speech.
3: Right. So, that, so when we said this past week, when Milo Yiannopoulos would try to speak on college campuses, they hammers or breaking windows, threat making threats. This and, was in UC Davis, right? To so to prevent someone from speaking. Never mind, you want to disagree? Fine, disagree. Right. But you don't want to let this other person. You don't want to let people hear what this person has. To say. There was also a very interesting article along the lines of indoctrination in the education system. It was an article in the LA Times about Stephen Miller, who graduated from Santa Monica High and is now a senior advisor to Donald Trump, and he's actually working on the, his inauguration speech with him. So uh, the then president of the uh, school board, Julia Brownlee, later uh, later a member of Congress, she remembered him, he would show up in a coat and tie, unlike any other student, to argue against special treatment for immigrants, meaning illegal immigrants and others. Then she goes on to say, quote, he had very conservative views, the exact opposite of what we are trying to accomplish in the school district, unquote. Yep, there you go.
1: The leftists can't, Can no longer hide. And that's the beautiful thing about the era that we're in is that they're getting called out on their agenda. And it's become more and more obvious. We've got one last break. We're going to come back with some final thoughts after a
3: message from our sponsor for this half hour. All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll.
5: 951-279-9161. Mention AM 590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590,
0: the answer.
1: Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program. Uh, t plus one as Greg opened up the show, the first day of the of a Trump presidency. It has been a long eight years, and there's a TV show that used to air called Eight is Enough. I'd like to rename this era as eight was enough." Eight was, eight was too much. Eight was too much. Absolutely, you know the job does not end now that Donald Trump is in office. We've got a lot of work to do. As you, I love this uh, quote that you you talk about. It's not about cleaning up what Obama did. It's about cleaning up the conditions that hatched Obama. Paraphrasing. Right. And the work continues, and we're going to be having an event here in the Inland Empire on April 30th called the Unite, i.e. Conservative Conference. It's an opportunity for folks throughout the Inland Empire who want to really become part of the solution and hear from folks that are a part of the solution uh, to come together, uh, network, you know, begin laying the groundwork for what we're going to do here in California on, with this breath of fresh air, the wind at our back. It's going to be April 30th. On uh, in in April, the fourth annual Unite I.E. Conservative Conference, and it's right
3: at the hundred day mark of the Trump administration. So it'd be a good time to review the progress and what's been accomplished. And I think the, Donald Trump is—I mean—he's going to hit the ground running. He's a business guy; he's, he gets things done. You've already seen him doing things, making deals to save American jobs. I mean, heck—I mean, I, I, what I was stunned by is he's making deals to reduce the price of. The new Air Force One, of uh, the F-35 fighter, he's already working to save tax dollars. And when was the last time you saw a sitting president come in and say, "This thing's too expensive"? The other, it, he- the other headline that made that, that made big news was his
1: goal of a 10 percent reduction in the cost of federal government and a 20% reduction in our debt. I mean, these are, I I can remember when Washington was literally brought to a standstill, when simply the rate of increase in our Medicare program was being uh, negotiated. It wasn't a matter of, you know, taking it, you know, trimming the fat and actually spending less. It was simply wanting to reduce the rate of an increase. And that shut down Washington,
3: you know, for Pete's sake. Yes, a a reduction from 5% increase to 4% increase is a devastating cut on the backs of women and poor people. I know. And it's according to the Democrats. I would,
1: I would love for government to once be forced to live like startup businesses have to live, watching every dime, conserving every nickel. Uh, no more. I, I don't want any more of these exposés of uh, you know the GSA coming out uh, and and finding out that they've that they've spent millions of dollars on these lavish uh, conferences in Las Vegas. That is not the business of government. In, in my opinion, government should not be misspending the taxpayers' money. There has to be a thinking on the part of federal bureaucrats that this is the not their money, but the people's money. They're not entitled to it. What they're entitled to
3: do is to spend it efficiently. And there is going to be a new sheriff in town, but the new sheriff can't stand up to the bad guys by himself. And I, I've been gratified to see that I have not seen any of our in our activists in our, in our community of people that are doing things. Anyone saying, "Okay, we got it all done. I can I can go back to life the way it was before Obama, and not be and I'll vote every two, every two years, and, but I'll leave it to the politicians to, to run the government." No one that I know of is saying that, and that's gratifying. But we, he, Donald Trump is going to need everyone's support. So save the date, April 30th, when we'll gather together and review the first hundred days and
1: begin to make our plans for the with remainder the, of the year. With Dennis Prager and Larry Elder.
3: Absolutely.
1: See you next week at 4 o'clock, the next edition of the Unite I.e. radio program. It's
2: time to stand up and be counted. We were founded as a land of the free, home of the brave. Let's put our hands up, cover our hearts and pledge the flag. Oh, and